Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. It's a penny for your thoughts. Good to be back with you here on this Wednesday, the 8th day of February of the year 2023. Glad you're with us here as we uh, glad to be back in the chair. Uh, appreciate Scott Beatty sitting in yesterday. We um, went up to my wife and I went up to Martin O'Donnell's uh, mother's funeral. His mom passed away and uh, so wanted to be there with Martin, of course, who's our uh, color commentator for football and has been doing a great job with me all these years. We share a lot of time together in the fall. So I wanted to get up there for that. And uh, my wife went with me and we saw several folks, uh, Martin, of course, over at Busey, a lot of folks from Busey up there too, and just supporting Martin and his, uh, his family. So anyway, I appreciate uh, Scott sitting in. Uh, yesterday we're back at it here today we'll do an open line here today we will have Jim Dye with us this morning in the second hour and he's been writing about several things so we'll touch base on him today he writes uh, about the crush the whole crush experience up in in Iowa City the fact that they were not there (laughs) where they wound up which was at Cam's and so um We'll discuss that with him and other issues that he has brought forward. Of course, we had the State of the Union address last night. Uh, your reaction to all of that uh, with the president speaking. And then Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the daughter of the former Arkansas governor and former presidential candidate Mike Huckabee. Uh, she's also former White House spokesperson during the Trump administration. Now newly elected at 40 years old, the uh, governor of Arkansas. She made the rebuttal for the Republicans last night. So your thoughts on that? I've got the uh, speechwriter's reaction to it. It's all over the map. But uh, your thoughts on it, certainly welcome here today. And I, I found a summary of the highlights of the speech that I think it was about four minutes, and I edited it down to about two and a half minutes. <laughs> so so you'll hear it uh, coming up here in a little bit. And I also got a clip of what Sarah Huckabee Sanders, her in about two-minute summary, of uh, the rebuttal last night of the uh, State of the Union address last night, or as Rush Limbaugh used to call it, the uh, State of the Union show. And there was uh, there was at one point, and you'll hear it in the clip that we've got, uh, the Republicans reacting because the president hinted that the Republicans are wanting to sunset Medicare and, and Social Security, and that drew a lot of uh, boos and uh, noise in the chamber, which uh, in, in America, in the American system, we're not used to. Now, they do it all the time in the in the House of Commons in Great Britain, 
in England. Uh, they're always yelling at the prime minister, so that's nothing new there. But we're not quite as used to that, at least in that setting. So anyway, that happened last night. Uh, no basketball game last night. Uh, Illinois-Minnesota postponed until the 20th. It'll be on a Monday night, so it'll be another string of about three games in seven days for Brad Underwood's team coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, got the game against Rutgers, who they're, they're really tough. Watched them play last night uh, at Bloomington, Indiana. Indiana beat them eventually. But uh, Rutgers is really good, so that's a, a tough cookie, a tough customer coming in on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Should be a great ball game. And Rutgers, the only team this year to win at Mackey Arena in Purdue. So that tells you something right there. So that'll be a good ball game. Hope to see you there on uh, Saturday. Lanai women play tomorrow night in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, turkey death toll topping 7,000 after that earthquake. Plus it's snowing and cold there. Don't know if you've seen the, the clips of that. But uh, 7,000 and probably going to go up in that uh, region of the world, Turkey and Syria. Also, uh, the shooting uh, officer involved shooting up in Rantoul. A plea for patience, the uh, headline says, as they look into that. So you can read about that in the News Gazette. As far as the family, uh, the families that have had kids going to uh, Wiley in Urbana, as uh, they get ready to close that building for asbestos treatment, Wiley built in 1950, the last Urbana District Elementary due for a renovation. And so there's some discussion on that in the News Gazette. And electric rates. Amherst asked for delivery rate hike. Illinois Commerce Commission story on that today. So all of that ahead on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Jim Dye joins me in the second hour. We'll get it cranked up and going here in just a moment on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We're on a penny for your thoughts and 33 degrees. What's our high today? 46. Not bad afternoons. Driving back yesterday from up in Naperville and through uh, central and east central Illinois and our way back down. Very nice day yesterday. Hutchcraft Van Service can help you move. They have over 50 trucks, vans, and trailers, including liftgate trucks and trailers for heavy items. they got a great storage facility. It's huge. They're on Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. So if you need to store something, if you need to move something, they've teamed up with United Van Lines long ago. 1953 is when Oren and Gerald became agents for United Van Lines. And their timing was perfect. Just after uh, you know World War II and into the early 50s, a lot of people moving around, moving to the south, moving to the Sun Belt, moving to a bigger home, whatever the case was, and they were there for all of that. Hutchcraft Van Service, give them a call if you uh, need something moved. They moved us three or four times. And, uh, you know, we were like on the air 24-7, so they had to do it, work around that, and try to make it all happen and keep us on the air at the same time. So if they can do that, they can move anything and move anyone. Give them a call, 217-328-3333, Hutchcraft Van Service. All right, a couple of folks here early. Danny, good morning. Good morning, Brian. I got a basketball question uh, regarding LeBron James just broke – Abdul Jabbar's scoring record. Yes, he did. Well, and I do not. I believe during Abdul Jabbar's time in the NBA, there was no three-point shot. Is that correct? 
Um, I'm trying to remember when the three-point line came in. I th- uh, in the NBA because it's it had been there longer than in college. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. what, my question would be, how many three-point shots contributed to LeBron James' total of breaking Abdul-Jabbar's record? And I know you don't have it off the top of your head, and I don't have Internet access, so I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. But down the road, if you could investigate that and – Bring it across the air one day. I listen every day. I appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome, and I can actually look it up now um, because uh, Kareem made one three in his career. Okay. okay. He was one for 18 uh, in his career. LeBron, now this was now this was going in to the other day. I think he surpassed this, but the numbers, he's attempted 6,488 threes. And he's made over two to twenty two hundred. So, aha! So that's uh, <laughs> that's twenty two hundred points that Kareem didn't have a chance at. Well, twenty two hundred times three; those are the numbers he made. So, well, I mean, yeah. uh, if he he made twenty two hundred, that's he got an extra twenty two hundred mm-hmm. points by making that many threes. Well, yeah. Instead of a two point shot, he got an extra point. Yeah. So it, you know, okay. but it starts to add up, yeah. But uh, yet, yeah, uh, and he also had shot uh, over ten thousand free throws. Uh, LeBron had. Well, but um, but it's interesting. Okay, but I yeah. was just interested in that, and it that does show where he still has the advantage of over two thousand points just from being a three point shooter. And I thank you for that, Mister Barnhart. Have a great day. Very good. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate it. Yeah, Carl Malone made eighty-five threes. He was in the. He was third. Shaquille O'Neal was one of twenty-two beyond the arc. Will Chamberlain. Uh, he did not have any threes. Did not. Uh, don't know if the line was there. The ABA, the old ABA, went before they merged with the NBA and added teams to the NBA like San Antonio and Denver and so forth. Uh, they were kind of the creators of you know shot clocks and uh, three-point lines I know that for sure and they had the multicolored ball and so forth there was a lot of innovations though that came out of the ABA that eventually went to the NBA 918 shout out to unit four it was a great night last night at Central versus Centennial with a triple overtime great showcase of student athletes and student pride it was such a positive environment for everyone thank you to everyone who worked the game. Yeah, I, I may, if I get a chance, I'll play a couple of clips from that uh, game. Joey Wright uh, called it last night. And uh, Jason Leggett was with him, so we got that too. And we got some clips from the State of the Union address last night. Tiny is with us next. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I thought maybe I might uh, make mention of the Mr. Biden's speech last night. If you would let me, and uh, sure. you can stand there and correct me if I if I slip up. I stayed up till eight forty-five, and then I had to go to bed. I get up at four thirty, so I I got a little sleepy last night. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Biden came on and started out as he'd been holding Mother Teresa's hand, standing beside him. He still couldn't keep from lying. 
he lied from the time he got on he got off. He one of his typical lies is is he mentioned Social Security that the Republicans are going to eliminate it. Well, how long, Brian, has the politicians been accusing the Republicans of wanting to stop Social Security? The thing, and he said he had proof that they wanted to do it. He had a piece of paper there, and he had proof. Well, that was, I can't tell you his name. I'd like to, but it was a senator or a congressman said, we've got to do something about this before we before we're, it runs out of money. And we've been talking about that for years and years and years. And he, he just constantly, he, he could not keep from, he's like all liberals. He, he promised everything to people. He just kept promising things there last night and the people standing up. Harris was jumping up and down like a jumping jack. But they never deliver. He's promised that he talked and talked and talked about how great things were. Mm. Well, they're not. Our our armed services are terrible. We, we're, we're down to about where they were where Obama trimmed them down. Uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't fight two Tomcats if we were called to, you know, and, and Biden for a leader of this country, if we went into a war, heaven, please don't let that happen. And he just, uh, that that speech last night was, people just, oh, they, they thought it was great, but there was a lot of boos. That's the first time I've heard boos in, in, uh, in a presidential speech. I can't ever remember that, but it was because he was lying so. And he, he just, he can't keep from it. And he's a promising people, and I think the Democrats are listening. They don't listen to nothing but CNN and WCIA, so they they can't know what's really going on. Biden is a, is a crook. He's been in office for, oh, 40-some-odd years, almost 50 years, and he owns three big beach houses out there, and there, one of them I saw a picture of, and I bet it was $2 million. How are you going to buy that on a senator's? And one of those houses might not be beach houses, but two of them are. Three of them. He's, well, he's, got, say, he's got the one in Delaware for sure. I don't know where the others are. But. Well, I know he's got two. I know he's got two, and I'm, I've heard him talk about it the other day that he had three. Mm-hmm. So now I know he's got three. And I'm only going on what I hear on television, Brian. That's I don't I don't associate with any of them out there. So I'm just telling you what I've heard. I'm and I'm not making up anything. I don't. It's like it's the cops being killed. I told you a number one time it was way high, and you questioned me, and I started checking on it, and I was wrong, wrong, just as you said. But. I don't care how many cops are killed. We don't need any cops killed. We've got their hand. We've got them handcuffed. We got it. We're going to have a big investigation up there around till now because a, a cop killed a guy. Here they are out here dealing with the scum of the earth. They want these cops with handcuffs on to fight and wrestle these guys. 
That guy in Minnesota, they put out of business. He's a big, big, big horse. It took four cops to put him on the ground. And then they finally got him on the ground and and they put him there and they put him where they're taught to put him. They put a knee on his neck and slowed him down and it killed him. Maybe, maybe it was the dope in the system. We don't know. But they made a big hullabaloo over that. Now they've, these guys, these guys down in Tennessee or wherever it was, the five cops who killed somebody. Now that was wrong, mm-hmm. wrong as can be. But yeah. the, well, still, the guy was probably screwing around. He shouldn't have been. Well, and, and learn to be quiet. Yeah. All right. Hey, I got some other callers here, Tiny. Thank you, sir. I know you have, but I, I appreciate it. But uh, Joe Biden is not a good leader for our country, and he lied to us last night. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Um, and speaking of the Minneapolis thing, I think most most law enforcement I've talked to or whatever, when they when they saw the the tape of what happened to uh, to George Floyd up there, the, um, agree, have told me that the, the, the just wasn't right. What they did there, I mean, they had on his neck way too long, and it was, anyway, you can. That's all been debated, all water under the bridge now. Sadly, because uh, obviously what happened after all of that um, was awful. But um, you know what happened in Memphis is is just, I mean, just horrible. There's no doubt about that. And uh, whatever the prop lack of training or whatever went into all of that, we talked to Grant Thompson about that, who had lived in Memphis and kind of explained some of the background on the police there and. But, uh, yeah, and then they'll be investigating the RAND tool. They've got a multi-agency uh, situation, as they typically do, to uh, to look into this and see what happened uh, in the uh, death of the uh, shooting uh, victim there and the officer-involved shooting in RAND tool from Monday night. You can read about that in the News Gazette. 925, is this Bigger? This is Biggs. Hey, Biggs. How you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I was just listening to the news according to Tiny, and I was kind of getting a good chuckle out of it. He sounds like that uh, one boy, Republican boy, that's kind of uh, gets his facts a little straight, uh, mixed up. I don't want to call him the liar guy, but that seems to be the guy. Hmm. Uh, Tiny, I, I, I appreciated his, his experiences in life, but he just it doesn't realize what he's talking about half the time. Uh, he sounds like Taylor Green. So, uh, the lies that were told last night, I've, I've heard a thousand lies about the Republicans. And so if they want to do this, you know, they're talking about all the spending. If we would have taken half of the money that Mr. Trump gave to the million and billionaires of this country, we wouldn't be fighting over a little bit of money to go for the poor people to retire on. That's my opinion. Yeah, well, they're the... Um People have said that about the tax cuts. Um, there's also, you know, I think what he was referring to was over the years, there's always been that threat. I mean, as far as I've followed politics from the time I was in college, that Republicans were about to cut Social Security or about to eliminate it. Yeah, I'm about to, you years know. old and I've heard that story for yeah, I'm, that long time. And I, right I'm now. thinking, okay, I don't think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> now, Why do they keep talking about it all the time? Yeah, Another thing is they're talking about this war. It costs... Hey, buddy, I'd rather spend money over there than have one of our people killed here in America because of that stuff. So if that's wrong with the Republicans about trying to support Ukraine, then I think we got a wrong America right now. Hey, Biggs, I appreciate you calling in. 
Yeah, I'm glad to get it off my chest a little. There you go. Thanks. That's why we're here. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate it. Nine twenty-seven at DWS. Now, in a in a political campaign or political stuff that happens, you know, you can say, "Well, we want to raise the uh, retirement age, or we want to, you know, slow down the amount that you whatever it is." Well, that's a cut. That's a cut. You want a cut? Okay. Well, maybe we're reforming it, or we're. But when you get into the heat of a political campaign. Yeah, all, you know, um, what is it, uh, the term I'm looking for, but it's um, being really sharp on your focus, all of that goes out the window. It's, you know, it's whatever sounds good, fits on the bumper sticker, you know, all Democrats are for this or all Republicans are for that, you know, and then people just, you know, they don't, they don't dig down and look at the details, they just um, shape it one way or the other, and then they run to their respective corners and respective networks, and that's what they say, and everybody that hears it agrees with them, and everybody shakes hands and says, yeah, that's exactly right, and uh, that's what happens. Uh, David, how you doing, David? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. What's going on? Well, I'm listening to the folks talking about last night. Uh, the one gentleman said that he didn't think he'd ever heard uh, booze at a State of the Union address. Obviously, last night was the first one he listened to because there's been boos and hollers and screams and this and that from the far right at each one of the uh, State of the Union addresses. And uh, I think it's unfortunate that we want to uh, ignore what did actually happen. I think... The Republican Party has still got a ways to go to heal from uh, the Trump era. They are having a difficult time understanding and accepting the truth. If you can't BS them or lie to them, they don't want to hear it. And I'll start voting Republican again when the Republican Party acts like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinsinger, and Mike Steele. Hmm. And until then, I think the Republican Party is sad. Very, very sad. Well, they're going to have, there's uh, all these, as you know, throughout history, there's, uh, there's a short, relatively short shelf life on uh, candidates. And I think, you know, at some point, Trump's shelf life is going to run out. I mean, well, I mean, he's gonna... I, I would like to think that you're right. Mm -hmm. It's just that um, I am so sick and tired of seven years of this nonsense. And I dearly love to see Congress get back to working to represent me and you instead of trump and his insanity so um you got it you heard it here one of these days there's going to be a woman run for president and i think her name is going to be liz cheney and when she does i will definitely vote for her because i think it is so unfortunate that the republican party punished her and adam kinsinger for telling the truth well, we're going to know here in a few months, aren't we? 
Who's who's well, going to jump so. in? Yeah. I don't know that she's going to be silly enough to to jump right in there that quickly. She may wait a while, but mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, our country has got some issues that need to be addressed, and I think the primary issue is you do not punish telling the truth. I knew that growing up. My dad told me, he said, and mom, if you tell the truth, we'll deal with it. If you tell me a lie, I'm coming for you. So um, yeah. I, I think it's just sad that um, that the Republican Party has stooped to that low level of punishing the truth. And I listened to uh, Mike Steele on uh, Sunday morning, <laughs> and he's pretty well telling it the way it is. And uh, if anybody else listened to him on the Sunday morning shows, um, they would feel the same way as I do. As as uh, it's sad that the Republican Party is where it's at. It's in the gutter. Hey, David, thanks for your call today, okay? You bet. Bye-bye. Appreciate you listening. Thank you. 9.33, a break. We've got some news headlines coming up, too, and then we've got some clips from last night. We'll give you the quick two-and-a-half-minute summary of what Joe Biden said, what Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, and maybe a little bit about the uh, basketball game, Centennial Central, here in a moment. Back on a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us here. Again, our news brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust. MX Electric is a sponsor of our show. Our man, Max, a great, just a great guy, heavily involved in our community, started his own company. I think I've heard him say, I think it was, two, 20, it was 20 years ago. Has it been that long? MX Electric, 217-359-7293. And he's done some work for me and my dad. He's done some work for... All of you out there, I'm sure you've got great testimonials on the job that he does, uh, whether anything electrical, and it could be big or small. Don't worry about it being, well, I don't want to waste Max's time with this. No, he he does the small things too, but of course he does do big jobs, and maybe you're looking at putting in a pool this summer or outdoor lighting or whatever it is. Uh, Maybe you're checking the wiring in your house or you need to install a microwave or you're not sure about whatever it is, he can uh, take care of that for you and get his team on the job. Electrical experts, over 100 years of combined experience, 217-359-7293 MX Electric. All right, Um, the whole speech, I don't know, it was an hour or something, I think. You heard it last night here on DWS for Joe Biden, the president, in his State of the Union address. Uh, And it's been, I've seen different uh, outlets have boiled it down to about four minutes. I thought that maybe was still too much to summarize it. So I thought two and a half is a good number. Uh, just to kind of give you the highlights, and it'll give you the themes that he was hitting on last night. So here is Joe Biden last night. The climate crisis doesn't care if you're in a red or blue state. It's an existential threat. We have an obligation, not to ourselves, but to our children and grandchildren to confront it. A lot of you at home agree with me and many people that you know the tax system is not fair. It is not fair. Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office, 
I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. My administration has cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. <clears throat> Under the previous administration, the American deficit went up four years in a row. Let's recognize how far we came in the fight against the pandemic itself. While the virus is not gone, thanks to the resilience of the American people and the ingenuity of medicine, we've broken the COVID grip on us. But what happened to Tyree in Memphis happens too often. We have to do better. Give law enforcement the real training they need. Hold them to higher standards. Help them succeed in keeping us safe. Ban assault weapons now. Ban them now. Once and for all, if we don't pass my comprehensive immigration reform, at least pass my plan to provide the equipment and officers to secure the border. And a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those on temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. Congress must restore the right that was taken away in Roe v. Wade and protect Roe v. Wade. Make no mistake about it. If Congress passes a national ban, I will veto it. Putin's invasion has been a test for the ages, a test for America, a test for the world. Would we stand for the most basic of principles? Would we stand for sovereignty? Would we stand for the right of people to live free of tyranny? Would we stand for the defense of democracy? He touched on a little bit of everything there. Abortion, tax, uh, uh, taxes in general. Uh, debt, the border, Ukraine, Social Security. Those are just some of the uh, the highlights of last night. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, chosen by the Republicans to issue the rebuttal, which has become a tradition over the last few decades. And she, of course, is the daughter of Mike Huckabee, former presidential candidate, former governor of Arkansas. Sarah actually grew up in the governor's mansion uh, when her dad was the uh, governor. And now she, at 40, has been elected as the new governor of Arkansas. And she issued the rebuttal, and this goes about, I don't know, about a minute 45, I think, slightly under two minutes, and just uh, some of the things she was talking about. Here's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I'm for freedom. He's for government control. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country, and at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. It's time for a new generation of Republican leadership. Upon taking office just a few weeks ago, I signed executive orders to ban CRT, racism, and indoctrination in our schools. 
eliminate the use of derogatory term Latinx in our government, repealed COVID orders and said never again to authoritarian mandates and shutdowns. Americans want common sense from their leaders, but in Washington, the Biden administration is doubling down on crazy. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the Republican rebuttal last night. So that kind of sums up what he said, what she said from last night. All right, uh, let me get a break in, come back with more here, a little bit on the Centennial Central overtime thriller, triple overtime thriller last night over at Central. Back after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Nine forty-eight on a penny for your thoughts here on this Wednesday. Again, thanks to Scott for sitting in yesterday. Had a couple of questions about the NBA three-point line. Initially, on a one-year trial basis, the three-point line was adopted by the NBA for the 1979-1980 season, the rookie years of future Hall of Famers Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. The old American Basketball League, this is the ABL, was the first, but it was shut down by 1963. So the American Basketball Association, the ABA that I mentioned earlier, is credited with popularizing the three-point line. George Mikens said we called it the home run because the three-pointer was exactly that. It brought fans out of their seats. Mike and a five-time NBA champion with the Minneapolis Lakers believed the three-pointer would give the smaller player a chance to score and open up the defense to make the game more enjoyable to fans. Even after the NBA and the ABA merged in 1976, the three-point line wasn't brought over. It took another three years to find its place in the league. When introduced, the three-point line was positioned at a distance of 22 feet from the hoop in the corners and at a distance of 23 feet and 9 inches to the top of the arc. Chris Ford of the Celtics credited with making the first NBA three-pointer. And then the history of it goes on from there as far as the uh, the NBA. So, yeah, 1979-80 uh, for the NBA, and it was three years after they merged with the ABA, which had the three-point line. And I'm glad we've got it. I know, you know when it came in, a lot of coaches you know, were like, eh, it's a really bad shot. And as time has gone on, uh, that's what a lot of teams shoot. <laughs> and look at what Steph Curry's done with it. He's made the shots – from just inside the past the midcourt line and towards the logo for in, in most arenas. So that's uh, interesting to see. All right, let's see here. Kareem made one three-point in his career. Yeah, we saw that. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is embarrassing elected official. The world is watching. How can anyone vote for her? Well, it's the people in her district, right, that uh, voted for her. And uh, she was seen yelling at uh, President Biden, at least among others, especially on the uh, Social Security Medicare thing. And that's what everybody focused on because she's an easy target. Um, Let's see. Listening to the stations 
Liberal CBS News media defend Biden lied that the Republicans want to sunset Social Security and Medicare, then attacking Republicans' negative response to Biden's lie is divisive, this listener says. As I remember, Pelosi as the speaker tore up Trump's speech. And that was uh, considered strong by the news media, not divisive. Maybe the nation won't be so fractured if the news media would try to be balanced in their reporting instead of so biased to cover for Biden and the Democrats. I hate to hear listeners going back and forth. A listener says all politicians lie no matter the party. 75 million voted for Trump. Tell David to stay in Urbana with his drapes drawn. <laughs> okay. Uh, the government has changed the way they figure the consumer price index. The listener says the new way will lower the CPI versus inflation. The CPI is what is used to determine whether to raise or lo- lower Social Security payments. So the Democratic regime has backdoored raising next year's payments by understating inflation. 952, those are some of the comments out there. Pat, how are you this morning? Hi, Brian. How are you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you. Good, 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 good. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I I uh, wanted to comment on the State of the Union address last night. Sure. Um, you know, I I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be uh, 64 years old in less than two weeks, and since I'm older, I kind of lean more to the right, like a lot of my friends and acquaintances know. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I'm just uh, just one of those people that uh, uh, kind of uh, get uh, t- to uh, uh, be kind of more right than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when Bill Clinton ran for president in 1992, that's who my wife and I voted for, and then... That's the last Democrat I voted for. So I, I mean, I, I just, I, I like the policies of the right a lot better, and I mean, just you know, Liz Cheney to me is. Have you ever heard the term a wolf in cloth in sheep's clothing? Well, I, I grew up around sheep, so yes, I've heard it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> to me, Liz Cheney is a, uh, a Republican who poses as a Democrat. So, I mean, I, that's how I feel about Liz Cheney. But, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I mean, Republicans have been nailed for the fact that they th- people think they want to get rid of Social Security and Medicare, and I've never heard anybody that's on the Republican side say that. Yeah. No, they, I mean, because there are different ways to try to, uh, you know, they've been worried about it going bankrupt for years. Um, and still hasn't happened yet, but I mean, it's just, um, you know, anytime you talk about changing that, what what they call the third rail of, you know, politics, you can't touch it. You can't do anything with it. And if you even, you know, stick your hand down there and say, well, let's, uh, let's raise the retirement age or let's slow down or whatever. Oh, you're trying to cut it. You're trying to, I mean, it becomes a political football immediately. And uh, same argument. I've been hearing the same argument since I was in college and that was 40 years ago. It's like, yeah, huh? I know, I know. It's it never goes away. Yeah, you know, but that that's that's my toll on it. I just wanted to call in and say that. Well, very good. I'm glad you, you know? did. All right, thank you, Brian. Yep, good to hear from you, Pat. Thank you. Nine fifty five. Back in a moment here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Jim Dye joins me in the next hour here on DWS.
All right, we're back on a penny for your thoughts. Real quick, triple overtime last night. Centennial beat Central 75-72. Our own Joey Wright and Jason Liggett, the News Gazette Prep Sports Facebook page. And here's a sequence uh, in overtime here that uh, Joey was calling. So here's what that sounded like. And now Baldwin attacks to the left elbow, gives it up to Chen, left corner, poked away, Davis, one-on-one, off the glass, this game is tied at 71, 40 seconds left in triple OT. Huge poke away there from Voldy Macaboo. Here's Baldwin to Swanson, Swanson's blocked! That's Voldy Macaboo coming up big on the defensive end again, back-to-back plays, 26 seconds left. And a foul is called as Centennial tries to cross midcourt. They'll go to the line to take a lead with 25 left in the game. And here's how the end sounded last night. First on the way, got it. So it is a two-point game, 74-72. And fresh into the game now for the Maroons, Ben Bandy, a name we've not called tonight, is in to replace Makai Chrisman. Bandy gives the Maroons a little more size to rebound. 74-72, 12 and a half to play, and he got it. McAboo hit the free throw. Champaign Central needs a three. Taking it up, Landon Robinson. Seven seconds left, he wants a three, it's short. Rebound, Centennial. Three, two, one, ball game. Centennial wins it. They storm the floor. 75-72 in triple overtime. And what a game that was. Triple overtime, crosstown rivalry. Unbelievable. Joey Wright and Jason Liggett on our News Gazette uh, Facebook page. They do a great job covering the prep sports. Colin Likas, the story today. Robin Scholes, all kinds of pictures. And uh, people that were there tell me it was unbelievable. Great, great atmosphere. And they had a triple overtime game uh, here all the way back in 2013 as well. That Central won 80-79. Last night, 75-72 Centennial. Jim Dye joins me in the next hour. More, of course, on the State of the Union speech. A couple of things that Jim has written about lately. We'll get into that with Jim here. And your phone calls, emails, and texts, as always. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana at the Tone, 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, and good morning. Welcome back. Hour number two of a penny for your thoughts here as we get it uh, going again. Restart it. Headed for a high of 46 today. Got some strong winds developing, some rain tonight, a low of 41. Temperature rising, though, into the low 50s and a high of 49 tomorrow. Just so we avoid all the snow, I'll just give me some sun and decent temperatures, and I'm good. And in a line, I win when we get them. Right? The Illini win is most important. Yeah, I know. The rest is just details. <laughs> and we didn't have the game last night. So, no, we didn't. Uh, we have to make that up on the 20th. But there were a bunch of good games last night on the radio or on the t- on the TV, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. I saw boy, a slew of them. Yeah. Kansas 
State was playing TCU and mm-hmm. Kentucky was playing now Arkansas and mm-hmm. Indiana and Rutgers. Uh, Indiana and Rutgers. You know, yeah. Indiana is a, a real freight train right now. They are coming on hard. And I, I noticed uh, <clears throat> when they played Illinois here how aggressive and effective they were on their defense. And they really, I thought, pushed us around a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, actually a lot. And uh, that has been that has been one of the big changes in their approach to the game in the last month. They were talking about how all of a sudden, I guess they had some internal conflicts about how hard they were playing, and they've got that settled. So, mm-hmm. and hopefully, I, Luke Goody back soon. So that'll be yeah. You know, I'm really kind of torn about that because I hate to lose uh, a whole year in a season when you know mm-hmm. we could redshirt him and, and keep him around. For another year, but I guess they're going to play him. I, I, I don't have much hope that he's going to come in and be as good as he would be if he was truly in shape, but, you know, maybe he'll surprise me. We'll see. A lot of talk in the first hour about the State of the Union address last night. Uh, the speechwriters have weighed in, everything from an A to a D. Were, were they actually throwing mud balls at each other, or was <laughs> that just something I heard? Well, there what? was. A, he mentioned the sunsetting of Social Security and Medicare, and that drew a lot of ire from the Republicans. <laughs> for, a, for a minute or so, we had the clip earlier, a minute or so, it sounded like the House of Commons a little bit. There was some, uh, you know, but we're not used to that in our, you know, when our president speaks to a joint session of Congress, we're supposed to be, you know, applaud for your side, but not hassle the other but uh, yeah not yell insults and yeah uh, that to me is really a sign of decay in the in, in an institution and i don't think that's going to go away for a while they are really not behaving well neither side and i think the first thing you need to do if you're actually going to work together is establish some rules of conduct in which each side doesn't openly denounce the other in a formal occasion like a mm-hmm. state of the union speech <laughs> Uh, other uh, not serious topic, but interesting topic was the Orange Crush story, and you wrote about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, well, today. you know, everybody else is having fun with that story. Why shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so what did you learn from you talked to somebody at, over at the U of I, right? Well, yeah, uh, Vic Amar called me and said, you know, actually, if you think about this, this is kind of a free speech issue because they didn't sell them tickets because they were going to go in and root for the Illini, and that's viewpoint discrimination. And yeah. actually. I think he's right. <laughs> he's right. Well, he would know. He would know, he'd and know. you know, and yeah. you don't have to be a genius to know that the Hawkeye fans don't appreciate Illini fans cheering for the Illini in their place. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought yeah. I'd have a little fun with that. Plus, I was also struck by the fact that that the after bra- after a brazen defense of their plot, uh, they issued this mealy mouth statement saying, "Oh, we're really sorry. <laughs> we shouldn't have misrepresented who we were. <laughs> yeah, we're so, yeah, we're so sorry. We're so sorry." Uh, that struck me as, you know, yeah. some priggish adult saying, now children. Yeah. I've told other people the biggest roar of the day, and it was a loud place at Iowa City, but at the nine-minute timeout, they introduced the Cedar Rapids Boys and Girls Club. Oh, did they, they really? They got the tickets. Oh, the place just went went crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was it – was, so well, they kind of tweaked us one more time well, they there. Did. So yeah, and, well, and the kids were having, and it was great for the kids. They yeah, got what they some garb and all that. So it was it was fun. They introduced so. the. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> so a little gamesmanship. Going all the more on there. reason we should have stuck by our original insults. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, I want to get to some other stuff here real quick. But Don's with us. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Uh, I would like to talk about uh, briefly about a headline regarding an article in the February 5th News Gazette written by Mary Shank. The article was fine. It was talking about Luke Goody and Ty Rogers doing some pieces for Crime Stoppers on trying to get young people who have critical information to share that with the responsible authorities. 
which is very important, of course. Sometimes lives are in the balance, and oftentimes it's these young people who have that critical information. My problem is the headline characterized it as if these pieces were trying to get the kids to, quote, narc. Now, first of all, that's the last thing these kids want to be associated with, and I would dare say Luke Goody and Ty Rogers don't want to be associated with trying to get kids to, quote, narc. I think the the art, while the article was fine and what they're trying to do is very important, that headline, that word in that headline was completely and totally irresponsible because it goes against the very thing that these young men are trying to get these young people to do. And well, to I agree with you. Did you see our apology that we ran the next day? No, but I, I Well, wish then I you had missed something that. because you're berating us for something we've already uh, acknowledged was a mistake and apologized for. So, Excellent. I'm very glad <laughs> to hear it. Then I, uh, I, I appreciate that step back, and I, uh, it was totally uh, appropriate to do that. So thank Sometimes you things that. happen in, in the course of putting a newspaper together that uh, shouldn't happen, and uh, I, I there was some sort of a screw-up there, and people <laughs> inside were not happy. And, yes, I've been part of organizations where... Things didn't always go right myself. So, I, I <laughs> right. so, so thanks for doing the right thing. Sure. Well, I think you can thank Jim Rosso for that. He's the vice president okay. for news. But uh, you're certainly welcome. And, yes, that was a regrettable headline, and uh, we wish it hadn't happened, and we mm-hmm. apologize for it. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay. That's all I have. Thank you. Very Bye good. Uh, the other thing you wrote about recently I wanted to touch on was uh, Carol Ammons made a public statement, uh, WEFT Radio, yeah, which is a community a, radio. You wrote a column on that. I uh, wrote about that Sunday, and of course, you know, this follows the controversy over uh, the appointment process to fill the seat vacated by the death of uh, Scott Bennett. And of course, she wanted that appointment and was very, I think it's fair to say, distressed that that. It went to someone else, and uh, her husband, Aaron, uh, opened both barrels on those he considers to have betrayed his wife, but she kept her thoughts to herself until she went on the radio with Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it was... January 28th. January 28th. Is when it is. And uh, so I ended up listening to, I didn't hear the original broadcast, but I ended up listening to what they had to say, say over the course of a two-hour show. And wrote a column about it, and of course she was. <laughs> she repeated the fact that she was not happy, and uh, I think you have a quote here. I do have. The, I do have the clip. Yeah, it goes oh. a couple of minutes here, and okay. the, this was really the first. What made it news is this was her first public. Yeah, talking about That's the process right. of the selection of Paul Ferracci, as it turned out, and uh, basically saying, "Hey, you know, I I feel like I'm the most qualified. I represent." Uh, a big portion of the district, uh, the, the two House districts that are in that Senate district. I'll let her speak for herself, but this is uh, Carol Ammons talking with her husband, Aaron. Their show is Higher Ground. It's on WEFT. They're on uh, a couple times a month on a Saturday. And here were her really first public comments on all this. I personally have not spoken about the Senate appointment until this moment. Um, one, because the mass media likes to portray things that black people do as some kind of ill-listed or ill-motivated position. And so I have uh, remained silent about that until this moment. And also that people may not understand that in order uh, for me and the reason why I was seeking the appointment itself was because I already represent uh, over 60% of that district. 
that makes up the 52nd, and two, that there's a large percentage of poor and minorities in the 104th district that have very little representation. And so my interest was to provide for them the level of service that I provide for the 103rd in seeking the 52nd Senate appointment. Uh, I also learned in, in doing so that uh, it would have been a significant sacrifice on my part and on our part as a family for me to take that Senate seat. I would certainly, and I think they spoke about this in the mass media, uh, about me losing seniority. That is a true statement. I would have lost seniority moving from the House to the Senate. I would also uh, have lost my committee chairmanship and leadership roles that I have in the House. I would have lost uh, over $10,000 or more in salary to do such. And then I learned later, uh, after the fact, that I would also have to start my pension over uh, as a, a person who works for the state of Illinois, who's entitled to a pension that I've earned in the House, would have started from zero if I had moved to the Senate. So the entire process for me was never about uh, opportunistic as some of our local Democrats have tried to describe me as, or I was out for myself for personal something, something. All of that was really driven by my activism and my service that I've given to the Champaign-Urbana area over the last 25 years or more. And what I want to do or would have done um, to include those people uh, in the 104th. And so I just wanted to say that. I've not said that anywhere. I refuse to go on to a hostile radio station. Love you. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm-hmm. This way. Um, hostile radio station to try to defend myself from hostile people. I just refuse to do that. And I will not subject myself to public lynching in order for me to explain why my good deed was turned into some villainous kind of conduct on my part by some of those folks who made the decision. So I just wanted to frame my own position that way so that anyone who listens to this, finds this recording in the future, will have heard from me, not from the news of that, not from WDWF and its callers who call in and demonize black people every single day on the radio. I am speaking for myself that my intentions were good and that my intentions were to serve the people of the 104th district as I have served the people of the 103rd. All right, those are the uh, thoughts, and again, that was uh, courtesy of uh, the, the speech they made anyway. It was on uh, WEFT. It was their program that Aaron and Carol do a couple times a month on a Saturday. It's on a community radio here in town, and uh, just really, that's uh, since she doesn't uh, come on here, uh, <laughs> we thought, well, I mean, that is her public statement about the seat, and she argued that, hey, I was the most qualified. I represent a big part of the district, and... Um, the way it was portrayed, she feels that it was portrayed wrongly, that she was not being overly aggressive, but that she was qualified to do it. And she was Well, the I think their position is that a cabal of white Democrats, uh, um, led by Mike Ingram and Mike Frerichs, uh, ganged up on her, put together this phony advisory committee, which she said was dominated by an anti-Carol Ammons cohort, and... Um, denied her what she thought she was deserved and gave it to someone who was undeserving. So, I mean, I think that's her position. Now, the position of the people that made the appointments is uh, 
uh, is that uh, they picked a fi- they made a fine choice in selecting Paul Faraci, and that maybe they didn't don't want as much of Carol Ammons as Carol Ammons think they should want. So I mean, I think uh, you know she has tremendous support in the Democratic Party, but there are also people that are not very happy with uh, the really aggressive, in your face. Um, confrontational styles of uh, Carol and Aaron. You know, they're both very aggressive. They make no secret about their political agenda. And they they don't really hide behind uh, any kind of soft rhetoric. I mean, you know, when they talk about callers here demonizing black people on a daily basis, I mean, that's not exactly shrinking violet rhetoric. So uh, Anyhow, that's what happened, and they had their show, and and they they said what they thought, and they went and they named a lot of names, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. So if you missed that column, it's uh, from a yeah, it was, last Sunday. Last, it was last Sunday. last Sunday, you can you can check it out mm-hmm. in the uh, News Gazette. And uh, by the way, we don't demonize people here. We don't do anything like that. So I well, actually, I don't, I don't I, know how I, much she's. I would like to so. demonize you after every Illinois <laughs> loss because I figure if we had a better broadcaster, we'd go undefeated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate. That. Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, anyway, but I restrain no. myself most of the time. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Let's go uh, back to the phones here. Ten twenty four at DWS on a penny for your thoughts, and uh, just wanted you to hear that because uh, you know she doesn't. Uh, speak publicly that often, at least not on these airwaves, and uh, thought uh, her thoughts were interesting on that. Uh, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Uh, good to have you back, Mr. Die. Good to hear you on the on the air again. Thank you, sir. Uh, wow. I just listened to that. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Carol or her husband, and I've been on the air several times saying that uh it has nothing to do with skin color by any means it's uh just their background and the aggressiveness and and, and etc and i'm really surprised to hear that she thinks that every day of penny for your thoughts is uh oh gosh anti-black i i guess that's kind of what she was well, saying I'm pretty sure she doesn't uh, listen on a regular basis so <laughs> and uh, yeah. I've been listening uh, my mom had penny on penny for your thoughts on air back in the early 70s when I was a kid and uh, I I certain <laughs> and I am now 60 years old and I've been listening for years I I have to disagree with that 100 uh, percent there are a few people that get a little bit out of out of whack. But what I uh, really called about is last night a couple of Republicans hollered in the background, and uh, that's kind of become a norm at these uh, situations. Uh, I was a little disappointed, but I don't think they were in error at the time when they did say something. I think things were... Uh, not very truthful at the moment. And I, I'd like to remind everybody, as much as that kind of bothered me a little bit last night, I remember a few years ago where Nancy Pelosi, at the very end of uh, the speech that Trump gave, she ripped the... Uh, she ripped up his speech, tore up the speech right in yeah. front, mm-hmm. front and center. The like number two, number third person 
in the nation rip that up at the very end of the speech. And if if that wasn't a statement, I don't know what was or is. So, uh, and of course, the news media, national news media, uh, is going back on Trump on this and that and all kinds of things. And uh, Republicans today, because of the hooting and hollering last night, but not a darn one of them would say to kind of balance out, say, oh, by the way, Nancy Pelosi ripped the speech up in front of all of America, all of the other countries that might be watching. So anyhow, I, the antics on both sides uh, don't really impress me. And like you said, Rush Limbaugh said it's it's a show more than mm-hmm. it is anything else. Yeah. I have to I have to agree with him, and I do miss Rush. But uh, yeah. I thank you both. Thank for you, Jim. Your time and and the listening. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, the problem now, I guess, is that both sides seem to think there's some kind of political game in engaging in these uncivil displays, <clears throat> and I think it's a uh, really bad for the country. I think we need to lower our voices and speak uh, reasonably to each other, but. You know, that's that's not the way it is right now, and it's too bad. All right, let me get a break in. 1027, Jim Dye with us here in the second hour. Back in a moment. Ten thirty on a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us here today. No matter where you are, how you're listening, we're uh, glad to have you along for the ride here today. Jim Dye is with me. By the way, this these figures are from uh, years ago. Just talking about the salaries of uh, people in Springfield, and maybe you've got more current numbers. This was from six, seven years ago, but at the time, I think it was sixty-five, sixty-seven thousand. I think is what it was. Um, the pay for well, they just raised their. Makers. They just gave themselves a big raise. Yeah. They're making about a hundred grand a year. About is that 90, what it is? Ninety five thousand okay. plus the uh, well, plus, you got all the stipends and plus everything. the stipends that yeah. almost all of them get. That it was a kind of a backdoor mm-hmm. way to raise everybody's pay. Yeah, and now a few years ago, the minority leader got twenty seven thousand in stipend. Right on top of their pay, deputy majority leader got nineteen. I think uh, Representative Ammons mentioned ten thousand she would lose because by going to the House to the Senate, she would lose her seniority, and for a committee chair. Or minority minority spokespersons, the law the amount was ten thousand three twenty seven. So right, that's what she was referring to. So you know, she did make one statement that I thought was curious, and I I don't know if I'll have time to check it or not, or if it's really important enough. But I don't think that because you leave from the House, and maybe I'm wrong, because you go from the House to the Senate that you that you lose whatever <laughs> pension. I, I've checked on that, and it. I've been told that's not accurate. That's not accurate. So, I mean, you so. just you're still a member of the legislative legislative uh, retirement fund, and whether you're a member of the Senate or the House, and now maybe it starts over. Something starts over because you're in a different. But I don't know. But uh, she's not losing any pension no. income on that. Uh, somebody texts in says Representative Ammons is way more sane and trustworthy than Mary Miller or Marjorie Green. Somebody says um, we shouldn't pay our legislators like many other states. But the number I was going to point out of a few years ago, when it was sixty-seven thousand in Illinois, Iowa was paying their lawmakers twenty-five thousand. 
Illinois, in, in Illinois ranks in the top five for in terms of legislative pay. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no question. It's it's uh, one of, kind of one of the scams they run on you is that you say, well, the, the pension uh, that's an awful big salary. Well, it's a it's a full it's a full time job, you know. So it's a I'm a full time legislature legislator. So one one time when I was calling men, uh, men, Susanna Mendoza's office to talk to her spokeswoman, I said, no, wait a minute, she's got this job. She's a full time le- she's a legislator, but she also has a job with the Cook County government. And the, the response to that, well, you know, being a legislator is only a part-time job. <laughs> so, you know, they get it both ways. <laughs> All right, just to add to the news here, Jim dies. This depends on who you're talking to and what time it is. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Rich, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm having a, a, a wonderful morning. Hey, you know, um, I just thought I'd call in and offer, you know, a, a word of support for the embattled uh, Carol Ammons. She, you know, is a person that always acts with the best of intentions. And I and I reckon back to uh, her co-sponsoring the uh, 2021 uh, Clean Energy and Jobs Act, where she said that, you know, she was very compassionately trying to um, tie job training programs to the actual industries affected. And, and she also wants to make sure that this bill has the ability to make it affordable for people who live in low-income communities and seniors. And I don't know if there's been any in-depth review, historical look back as to how many actual jobs this legislation has created, but one contributing factor to this wonderful piece of, of legislation that she supported was my electric bill just went up 284% from 4.3% per kil- cents per kilowatt hour to 12.2. And so on top of, according to the BLS, food prices up 189 gas 393 rent 118 cars up 19.1 we've seen interest rates double and um so i just i just wanted to you know uh thank uh rep uh, carol ammons for her um heartfelt concerns for all of us and uh wish her the best of luck moving forward okay <laughs> thank you i appreciate it rich yeah the bills have gone up for everybody uh, and yes. some more substantially uh, than others. You know, that's really a complicated issue. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're in the business now of trying to shut down coal plants uh, for global warming reasons uh, and at the same time move to other forms of electricity that aren't as productive and and or cheap. <laughs> so it's, it doesn't work very well. All right, our news at the bottom of the hour brought to you by Direct Travel. Book a select air and hotel package before December 28th from Direct Travel and Travel Impressions Inclusive Collection and travel before December 22nd to save up to $300. Go to directtravelci.com. Here's CBS with the latest. On a penny for your thoughts here today on DWS with Jim Dye, we'll have uh, Brand Hansen join us. Remember Brant? At all? I don't. He was with us in the afternoon. He did an afternoon show. How long for ago? For a few years. Oh, it's been 15, 17 years ago. And now he's a national guy? <laughs> he's a national guy. Holy mackerel. And if you hear him on the MetaShare commercials, they have the MetaShare uh-huh. from CBS. That's his voice on huh. there. Well, but, he's done uh, well, hasn't he? He's done very well. He's an author. He's got a new book out. We'll talk to him and kind of reminisce a little bit about his days here at WDWS. And uh, he did an afternoon show. Dave Shaw was a part of that show. and. 
uh-huh. uh, Kim McCafferty and some other names from the past. So anyway, uh, we'll talk to him tomorrow. Uh, hi, Brian and Jim. Strange, she said, Carol Ammons, I guess, she would have to restart her pension if she moved to the Senate. The state has a reciprocal retirement system between public agencies, so I'm pretty sure she would have kept her retirement as Aaron did when he went from SERS to IMRF. I think racism is a real thing and, of course, horrible. I find it offensive that too many people use it as a political attack, a political attack of others to marginalize others' political views they disagree with. All right. Uh, Illinois has a General Assembly retirement system and includes the House and the Senate both. That's people I've talked to say uh, that's how that works. All right. 217-356-9397-1039. Jim Dye with us this morning. We go to Scott. How you doing, Scott? Good morning, you guys. <clears throat> I wasn't even going to listen to your show today because I knew it was going to be about the State of the Union. But I turned it on, and I heard everything that I thought I was going to hear. Uh, 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 lies in, in the policies that they, uh, they, they promote and the uh, reactions that happen because of them. And you talk... Uh, from this, uh, I'm starting to call them the so- psychopath party because they have no remorse or no guilt in any of these lies they speak. Carol Ammons was just a, uh, a prime example of that. She threw you guys and you under the bus saying how uh, she was being picked on. <laughs> That's not true, Carol. Your, your history speaks for you. In the same way with uh, Joe Biden, all the, they'll sit there and look at you in the face on TV and lie to you. Like I said, they have no remorse about their lies. They don't care who it hurts. They don't care who it affects. They don't care what the results of their lies are. Now, to me, what she just did to WDWS and the News Gazette should be uh, have a reaction to it. For her to say that about the public press and the public news is no way for a public politician to act. She's using hate and discrimination in all her views. That speech she gave about how she was going to lose money and all this, you know that is a blatant lie. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. And they sure don't care about this state or this country. Now, how somebody with common sense can still defend this rhetoric is insanity. It's just flat-out insanity. Now, uh, Jim was saying about how it's on both parties. But when a certain individual, just like Carol Ammons did, attacks you, on your credibility and your your character, like this psychopathic party does nowadays, you need to stand up and defend yourself. That's why this country is in 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 the shape it's in now, because of the lies that people that don't care about it are entrapping the people that actually listen to them. I don't understand it. It is just insanity for them to come out and lie about everything they want. Mm. I, it's so frustrating. I'm, 
I am getting so disenfra- uh, disenchanted with this world anymore. Everything is insane. Start even from the Grammys to this, uh, uh, to the State of the Union. It's a joke. This hey. is not the way this country is. Okay, Brian, I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's okay. Thank, thank you, Scott. Thank you for no. letting me speak. Bye. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Well, I think he's making uh, some references to our common, our current culture wars, yeah. <laughs> in which some strange things are happening, and mm-hmm. uh, some people are completely um, just kind of astounded by what's going mm-hmm. on, as you as you just heard mm-hmm. from this guy. Yeah, and I think, and again, referencing the money, I think uh, Carol Ammons has been a chair, a committee chair, whatever it is, that if she lost her seniority. By going to the House, to the Senate, she would lose that money, that yeah. stipend. So, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I think that is um, an accurate statement based on what I've read. So uh, there, there is some um, you know, legitimacy to that. At the uh, same time, though, the caller needs to recognize that there are a number of people who think Carol Ammons is, is right on, you know, and they're, mm-hmm. they're with her and agree with her and would defend her. So mm-hmm. she, has a, she has a definite constituency. There's no doubt about it. We're at 10.43 at DWS. Uh, John going to jump in here. Hi, John. Hi, Brian. How are you? Uh, I wanted to come Good. I'm fine today. I wanted to comment on the letter that the Ammons wrote to the News Gazette, and I'm sure you've rehashed that. But uh, I thought it very interesting if we put Brian, um, your name in there and your wife's name in there, and you wrote that letter to the News Gazette. Um I bet people would come unglued in Carol Ammons's um, constituents. Uh, I found that letter to be so divisive, uh, very troublesome on how she can stir the pot. Uh, Sir, can I ask you what letter what, are you referring yeah, which to? Which one are you referring to? I think it was, um, might have been last week. Um, uh, are you referring to the Are you referring to the news story about uh, their appearance on the radio show? I don't think we've run a letter from them recently. Well, there was a there was a long commentary uh, in the News Gazette that both Carol and her husband had written concerning Scott Bennett's uh, pl- uh, people that appointed the person other than herself, and that was just last week. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're confusing yeah. that with the with the the article about that quoted them extensively about the uh, appointment issue. But anyhow, go yeah. ahead. That, that's the one I was talking about. No. Yeah, I okay. said if you you put other if you put Brian and his wife's name in there, I mean people would come unglued with the statements that were made, and uh, to me that is just I would say just racist. It's a very racist. Uh, and she uses that word all the time. Uh, the second thing is on the uh, legislature, how many of the people <clears throat> working in the legislature are lawyers, and how many have a salary other than the legislature? Well, I don't know. A lot. I, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I can't a say lot. for sure. There are some that choose to do it full-time, and then there are others yeah. that have. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of those Chicago legis- le- legislators all have jobs with the city or the county or the state mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. and some have a legal background like you know chapin was in the yeah. what, the state attorney's chapin office yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes yes and i w- i wonder how their pension works is that's a state pension are they able to draw social security 
Well, they would follow the same rules as other people who have public pensions and 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 social and, and also have contributed to Social Security. I mean, I don't know. I suppose the situation would be different for everybody, but. Uh, uh, my wife is a retired teacher, and so, but she also qualifies for Social Security, but they don't give it to her <laughs> because she has a teacher's pension. Yeah. So it, well, hmm. I'm I'm likewise, but I do get some of my Social Security, just enough to pay for my Medicare, and thirteen dollars a month in my checking, of which I should be getting at least seven hundred dollars a month, but because of the windfall profit, yeah, and all that. Uh, and, and starting teaching at 19, in 1968 at a salary of 50-some hundred dollars a year, all the men that I taught with worked about three jobs. Yeah. And you don't, you don't get credit for your Social Security, even though at one time, summer school, I taught summer school. That didn't go into TRS. That went into Social Security. Now, that law was changed in 2001. So, you know, that kind of hurts many of those teachers that did things like that at uh, very low pay compared to what it is today. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just wondered how they do that, uh, whether they get credit for all those different pensions and everything that they can draw. Mm. So that's that's well, all for today. Appreciate and it, John. I, enjoy, I enjoy your show very much. Thank you, Thank John. You. I enjoy having you there. 1048, back with Jim Dye after this. Roost by Roger if you need some roof work done, getting ready for the spring here. We're a month away, basically, from the Big Ten tournament, so that means springtime and March Madness and all of that. So if you need some roof work done, Roost by Roger, Roost by Roger with a D, R-O-D-G-E-R.com. Get on the list for this spring, and they're still doing some of the winter things, of course, siding and gutters and gutter guards and windows if you need some help with that. Give them a call, 217-834-3800. All right, a couple of quick texts and a call, 1051 um, the only thing Democrats have to use when things don't go their way is to play the race card. Kamala Harris used it in the presidential debate against Biden. The Ammons have used it against the Democratic Party. They're called, they call their own parties racist. Uh, and another text says, I'm following the instructions from Martin Luther King. I'm not judging the Ammons by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, someone says. And can't wait for what John thinks. Please remind him of Pelosi tearing up President Trump's speech. Yeah, we mentioned that. Okay, uh, Mark is next. Hey, Mark. Real quick, uh, you failed to mention that uh, Representative Ammons was given a high award when she was in um, Africa, I think Ghana. Uh, she was named Queen Mother. And my question is, um, who paid for that trip? As I understand it, that was uh, financed by the um, Legislative Black Caucus. It was a trip in which a number of legislators went on, and it was not out of state funds but out of uh, some kind of foundation that they operate. I have not looked into that uh, very deeply, but that's my understanding. So there's no taxpayer money involved. And and, and I'm just curious, um, is State Representative Ammons forbidden from running for uh, the seat held by Senator Bennett 
next year? No, and she's not, and she's indicated she's going to run. So, and she has a campaign fund established and is already raising money. So, uh, I think we might see a very lively primary unless she decides that she would rather not risk it all. But in knowing, uh, having watched her for a while, I, I think she's, I think it's very likely that she'll run. As a matter of fact, in this radio show uh, that uh, Brian ran an excerpt from, uh, she indicated that she had been interested in running for the congressional seat for the 13th district, but that the that the powers that be had already selected Nikki Budzinski uh, to run. So you know she clearly has well, ambitions did, beyond well, being in the House, and uh, I think you'll Nikki see that Bez- play out. Wasn't Nikki Budzinski in a primary with several other people? Oh, she at least, was in at a least primary, a couple, but, yeah. David but, David Palmer was one. Yeah, but she uh, Carol Lamb has looked into it and and figured that the timing wasn't right because the people whose support she needed were backing Budzinski, so she didn't run. Okay, well, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Ten fifty three. You know, uh, if you run for these things uh, instead of, and she's got a guaranteed house seat there, and if she runs for the uh, Senate, you know, she'll be risking her house seat. And a lot of politicians, that you know, the worst thing they can think of is not being. Uh, in public office, and they're loath to risk what they have for something that they might not get. And uh, real quick, wanted to touch on the uh, officer-connected shooting, related shooting in yeah. Rantoul. Um, I guess they're still trying to sort through that. Well, so, that's what I read. I think they it's incumbent upon them to uh, get the get the story out as soon as possible, uh, so people will know what happened and there isn't any misunderstanding. Uh, it's under investigation by the state police, and so they'll do t- do a they're a use of force investigation group and they'll do a thorough investigation but they can certainly get preliminary information out instead of just saying well we can't tell you anything right now all right another quick break and then back with, to wrap it up with jim die here we'll have a couple of minutes left and we get back after this All right, a couple of minutes to go here. Uh, listener says, your last caller made me laugh and sad at the same time. I have nothing good to say about Carol Ammons. However, the Republicans are far worse. How many thousands of lies from Trump? Crazies like Marjorie Taylor Greene, George Santos, Mary Miller, and so many others. There are lies on both sides, but Republicans greatly outweigh Democrats. So See, that's a great says. situation to be in when we have to have a debate. Who's the bigger liar? Uh, yeah, I think she makes, uh, the caller makes a good point about some of these uh, outlying Republicans. I don't think they represent the uh, core of the Republican Party, but they're certainly there. And just like, um, um, uh, who, what's her name? Uh, Alexia Alexandria. Yeah, a- AOC. AOC yeah. and, and uh, Madam Omar, you know, they're not, uh, they don't speak for the Democratic Party. So, uh, and Mr. Santos, of course, he's in a category all by himself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, a couple of minutes here. Clarissa. Hey, Brian. How are you? How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? I, I heard you guys talking. I had to jump in. Um, I find it hilarious that the Ammons used the race card when they did the same thing to me, a young black woman. And we don't talk about the dangerous rhetoric that they use to destroy their black community. Okay, they have attacked good black people who have stepped up for politics and they've tried to ruin their lives. There is a list of us, Charles Young, um, that they have done these things to. So when they say that the white Democrats are the enemy, what about the good black people they have destroyed and ruined in Champaign County just for trying to step up to serve their community? We all are victims of their behavior, 
And I don't like how when they pull the race card, they don't talk about what they did to their own black people. So that's all I wanted Mm. to say. I know I caught you guys at the end, but I just wanted to throw that in there. All right. Hey, thank you, Clarissa. Thank you. Appreciate it. 1059. And uh, with that, we're out of time here for today. Can't we just go another hour? (laughs) You want to invade on Clay and Buck's uh, territory? We'll start start a a new show and take it national, just like we'll ruin their careers. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate it. Always enjoy having Lively you on. Lively morning, huh? Yeah, for sure. State of the Union speech and all the other uh, topics we hit on, and you'll be going to spring training soon, so yeah, you can give us a firsthand report the on that. The most important thing about spring training is the sunshine. That's right. <laughs> we need more of we it. Need, we need some right now, as a matter of fact. That's right. It's kind of gray right now. All right. Headed for a high of 46 today, and uh, tonight, maybe some showers at some point over the next couple of days, 41. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.